Hi! Yes, I believe we are live. I can't see Matt though. Matt, are we live? We are? And so people on the computer right now are hearing me repeatedly ask if we're live. I was back talking about something somewhat church related. But as you can see, we have people here. People make noise. Uh, I am, I'm, I'm unmuted probably. You might be able to hear me by now. Uh, I am fully here. I'm paying attention. We are in week three of this series, which is called Marvels, uh, No Relation. And in this series, we're talking about the parables of Jesus. And what I've said each week and what is important and the reason that I like to teach on the parables is there's so much there. And so a lot of you who have grown up in the church, like you've probably read parables over and over. Or you've heard them a lot. And some of them, all of us know, like the Good Samaritan or the Prodigal Son, which we're actually doing tonight. But there's always something there to, to take from it. Like you can always, the older you get, especially like you're going to take different contexts. You're like, oh, wow, this applies to me in a way that I, I didn't realize. Um, we talked in week one about the talents, the parable of the talents, where the, the rich guy gave the three servants uh, different numbers, like five talents or silver, whatever you want to call it, three and then one. And like the two with the more doubled it, like they used it. But it's not about the fact that they doubled it. It's about the fact they were given something and then they went and did something with that. They're like, hey, we want to do our best. We want to, to do something. And so uh, the story could have gone that they didn't double it or they only got one or that they even lost some, but they tried and that was important. But the other guy, he just buried it. Uh, and so it's kind of like if on your first job, like you take your first check and you're like, man, I'm so proud of this. I'm just going to bury it. Like, what's the point? Like, why did you do that? Uh, but it's, it's, it's a parable that Jesus is saying, hey, try, because God has a plan for each of us and he has gifts for each of us. And each of us have the ability to reach people that others don't like everybody here has different interests and everybody here has different personalities and everybody here has different likes and dislikes. And so all of us have this ability to to be ourselves and people will respond to that. Like there are people that will respond to uh, some of you that won't respond to me. There are people that will respond to Rob that, that like to chase down puppies and things like that. There are people that will respond to other people. And it's like, that's why we are all different. If everybody were the same, life would kind of suck. Um, and then week two last week, we talked, uh, sorry, we talked about uh, how even though the, the servant didn't do the right thing necessarily, it wasn't his money to, to play with, etc., he was helping people. And so the parable was not Jesus saying, hey, copy what this guy's doing. He's like, look at his intent. Think about how the world does things. And you don't want to copy everything there, but you want to take the intent. And so if someone is a CEO and they're running a business, like their goal is to make a profit. Like they're doing everything they can to be a success. And sometimes with our faith, sometimes with our life, we kind of don't go to that level. And I'm not saying beat people in the head. I'm not saying grab a bullhorn. I'm not saying anything of that. I'm saying in terms of how we treat people. It's always the uh, somebody else will help them. Somebody else will pray for them. Somebody else will talk to them. Somebody else will be there for them. And sometimes that somebody else should be us. This week, we're going to talk about, like I said, the prodigal son. And this is my favorite parable. Uh, when I was in college several decades ago, um, we actually had to do, I was in a short story class because English major, very lucrative. And um, I wrote a short story that was a modern telling of the prodigal son. And, and I'm not going to let you read it, but I still wrote it. And so it's something that means a lot to me. And I love this story. And so I'm going to start. This is Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. 
To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. So first off, I want to challenge you to go home to your parents and stand there and be like, hey, I want what I'm going to get in your will now, like before you're dead. I don't want you to die. I love you. You're awesome. You're the best parent ever, but I want all that money now. And tell me what their response is, because I'm guessing it's not going to be good, because that's a really weird question. It's kind of rude. Don't actually do that, please. But, uh, and if you do, really do tell me what they say, because I'm curious. But, um, but Jesus told this story from that, like it's an immediate grab. It makes a little more sense then, but it's because everybody that is listening immediately is kind of against the sun. It's like, that's, that's weird. Like his father worked for this. Like why? he's so selfish, man, kids of this generation. They just want everything handed to them. They're killing Dunkin' Donuts or whatever else people say. Like all of these th- things people say about millennials, I don't know. Anyway, uh, he, he's saying this and people are immediately like, oh yeah, I don't get this. Like, man, he just wants this and he wants that. Whereas before, people might be like, oh, that guy's rich. He's got everything. His son just wants something. But it's just, and how you look at it immediately. But regardless, it's this weird question. And so think about your own life. Think about things that you expect. Think about things that you ask for. Think about things that you want ahead of time. And pretty much everybody is probably always in your face saying, you better work for it. You got to do this for it. You know, life is life. Like, there are going to be times that you're handed things. There are going to be times that you work for things. That's not the point. The point is to look at the characters, to look at the people, and to think about what they're thinking. Like the the kid, he's not thinking, I want to insult my father. He probably loves his dad. He's thinking, you know what, I see people out there living their own life, and I don't want to be a farmer. I don't want to be this. I want to be on my own. I want to be myself. I want to do what I do. And the only way I can do this is with this money. And he's, you know, he's justifying it by like, this would have been mine anyway. And at least this way, I don't have to mourn my father because he's alive. And his dad... Uh, spoiler alert, like he gives him the money. I think, like I said, most parents would be like, nah, at, at the very least, nah. Uh, next paragraph. A few days later, the younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. So real quick, this man is Jewish. The parable, everybody in the parable is Jewish. Jesus is telling the story to a Jewish audience. For us, we see that feed the pigs. And we're like, that's gross. Like pigs eat slop and blah, blah, blah. For them, they saw pigs as unclean. Like the Bible literally says, don't touch these. And so for him to want their food, that's basically saying he's as low as you can go. Uh, This is something that, that... not the wild living, hopefully, but this is something you're going to experience at different times in life. Like there are people who like you when times are good. There are people who like you when you'll give them a ride. There are people who like you when you say yes. There are people who like you when you can give them money. There are people who like you when you uh, agree with them. Like that happens. And then the more you disagree or when you want to do your own thing or you don't have money for them or whatever, then they kind of walk away. And that happens. I've lost people who just simply don't like who I am or they don't like that, that I don't agree with them all the time or whatever. That happens. And it sucks. And this kid, you can easily say he brought it on himself because he's out, he's buying prostitutes and he's gambling, he's doing all these things, uh, just wasting the money. He's living wildly, he's doing the wrong thing. Everybody is with him because it's a party. Everybody is with him because it's fun in the moment. 
But then as soon as that money runs out and as soon as life gets hard, they all go away to find somebody else to leech off of or whatever. And he's stuck because he's got nothing. As you get older, whether you're going into middle school or you're going into high school or you're going into college, especially, but or if you're going into an adulthood even or retirement home or nobody in particular or anybody, that's myself, I'm just joking. Uh, but regardless of where you're going, there are going to be temptations. Like there are going to be people that want you to be different than who you are. There are going to be people that want you to go against your morals, go against your values, go against what you think is right. And they're going to make compelling cases. And, and I'm not even talking about your, your belief necessarily. I'm talking about they're going to want you to uh, go to the party and sneak out, or they're going to want you to miss curfew, or they're going to want you to uh, skip church, or they're going to want you to go get drunk. They're going to want you to try drugs, all of these different things. Like this isn't a surprise because that's what life happens. Those people, anyone, anyone, who expects you to do something to earn them. Like, they don't like you unless you do what they say. They're not your friends. And I know that that's an adult thing. I know that's a parent thing. I know that's what people say. But anyone who wants you to change who you are, what you think, your morals, anyone who wants you to change like that, to do the wrong thing just to be accepted by them, you don't want to be accepted by them. Uh, that is super easy for me to stand here and say. But I was your age once, several hundred years ago. And I remember just how important it was for the, the athletes and the popular kids to, to either like you or at least not dislike you. And so some of the adults, like it never, you guys get this, it never changes. Like the group types might change, the who's popular and who's not might change, but there's always popular kids and then everybody else. And you want, if not to fit in, you want to not fit out. And so it's so hard to navigate that every day. It's so hard to navigate that every day. As you go to college, like it's less like that, but there's still like, you don't want to stand out. You don't want to be thought of as, as a killjoy. You don't want to be thought of as negative. You don't want to be thought of as a loner, all of these things that I'm thought of. But you, you don't want to be thought of in negative ways. And so when people come at you, they kind of hit your insecurities. And it's like, hey, if you do this, you'll fit in. And that's tempting. Temptation is temptation because it sounds good. Uh, Things that are fun in the moment are fun in the moment because they're fun in the moment. But the problem is eventually the money runs out. Eventually the good times run down. Eventually the party ends. Eventually the cops show up. Eventually all of these things happen. And the kid, he found this. And regardless of what he thought of his life before, and I'm not saying just do exactly what your parents say and become an accountant if they want you to become an accountant. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying think about how your life is and who you are. And think about what you want and come up with a plan, not like a specific step-by-step -step plan. But come up with a plan for your life and do your best to follow it. I'm not saying that like, you know, you're like, oh man, I've got to make this great. I've got to be, get this job. I've got to go to this school. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I want to be this type of person. I, I want to be around these type of people. I want to accomplish this. I want to impact people like this. A and then do that. Uh, but for this kid to fall so far that he was now just going against everything that he ever believed in. It's such a hard fall. And I hope that nobody here ever gets that, but I've talked about my sister before. Uh, I love her and she's really turned her life around. She's an amazing parent and, and she, her and my brother-in-law are happy and they do their best and all of these things. Beatrice is awesome. Uh, and so I could go on and on with Beatrice stories. I'm not gonna. But in her early life, 
she rebelled against a lot of stuff. And she got involved in a lot of stuff that she shouldn't. And she tells this story. She's fine with me telling this story. Uh, she got caught up in things that she shouldn't have gotten caught up in. And, and, you know, she almost died in it. And her life crashed. And she was wanting to eat with the pigs. Like, it crashed. And then that's when she saw God. That's when she saw a way out. That's when she saw how to be better. And she did. And it's, it's a journey. But she does her best. And she's amazing, like I said. And she'll still talk about that. She'll still look back at that. And she has regrets from it. But she's also learned from it. And when people, and your parents are often this, when people tell you, yeah, you're going to regret that, our temptation, mine too, is to be like, yeah, that's you. I'm me. I, I don't, I'm not going to mess up. I'm not going to do what you do. I'm not going to feel bad about that. I'm not going to mess up there. You're going to. And so anytime you're doing something, A, because somebody wants you to do this to be accepted, or B, just to prove somebody you could, that's stupid. Like, just straight up, that's stupid. Be yourself. And I'm not going to say that if you accept yourself, then you're always happy, because you're not going to always be happy. But I'm going to say that the people whose opinions mean so much, and I'm talking about the popular people, the, the jocks, the cheerleaders, whoever else. I don't know school stuff anymore. All of my stuff now comes from Mean Girls. But the different groups, the different tables, the plastics. All of those people who like mean so much to you right now, their opinions matter so much. You're like, I've got to get invited to their party. I've got to be their friend. I've got to know them. Five years from now, you're not even going to remember their names. Like, I remember very few of the popular kids in my school. I remember very few of the people who threw the parties, very few of the people who were the jocks. Like, and honestly, most of them are still in my hometown. Because sometimes, not always, but sometimes when you peak in high school, you never get past that because it's really cool. It's a good feeling. But when you're above that, when you move past that, when you do your best, when you keep growing, when you move bigger every day, you do your best every day, you're never going to really peak. You're just going to keep growing. You're going to be sad sometimes. You're going to be hurt sometimes. You're going to lose sometimes. But you're always going to keep going in one direction. Not like the band. Uh, next scripture. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. So he had fallen so far that he wasn't like, man, I just got to go back and apologize to dad and say that I did the wrong thing. I got to go back and say, you know, hey, let me be your son again. He's like, I got to go be a servant. Like he saw that he'd failed. One of the first steps in moving forward, one of the first steps in learning from your mistakes, one of the first steps in growing as a person is accepting when you've done something wrong or when you've messed up and admitting to it. Like I'm going to be honest, your parents, your teachers, adults in your life, like they respect when you're honest, like when you're like, hey, I messed up because we mess up. But when you're able to say, yeah, I, I did the wrong thing and then move from there. And so this kid was going beyond that. He's like, not only did I mess up, I just I can't even be your son anymore. Just let me be your servant. And so he goes and you can kind of imagine him walking down the path and he sees his dad and he's like, OK, I'm going to say I want to be your servant and I'm so sorry. And I just want to be one of the servants I want to feed. And he's like practicing it and practicing it and practicing it because he's just afraid that his dad's going to come up and punch him or he's afraid he's going to throw something or he's afraid he's going to yell or he's afraid he's going to kick him or whatever. And 
His dad runs up and hugs him. And while he's hugging him, I just picture him saying all this stuff. Even though his dad's hugging him and saying, I love you and whatever else. And he's just saying it. Have you ever been in that situation where you're so nervous about uh, a presentation or you're so nervous about a conversation? You're like, oh, I, I got I to gotta talk to this person. I just, I practiced it. I know exactly what I'm going to say. I'm meeting Giannis and it's like, this is exciting. I'm going to tell him exactly what. And like he walks up and he's like, hey, really cool shirt. And you're like, yeah, uh, 43 or whatever. Like you just say the wrong thing. I do this all, not for uh, like impressing sake, but anytime I go to the movies and they're like, hey, enjoy your movie. I'm like, you too. And it's like, yeah. And so like, that's what this kid's doing. Like he's not paying attention to what his dad's doing, but his dad just sees him. His dad just sees him. His dad sees with love. His dad sees with forgiveness. His dad sees with grace. And so we go to the next part. Uh, but his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost and now is found. So the party began. So his dad is so excited to see him that he celebrates and he kills the calf. And everybody here is like, I hope that my parents kill a calf for me tonight. I want a steak. I want to party. I want a ring, like whatever else. Uh, he probably still feels like the other shoe's going to drop. Like I've not been in the situation where I've had wild living and like thrown away my life fortune, which doesn't exist. But uh, I, I have been in a situation where I feel no matter what's happening, no matter what the other person is saying, like that other shoe's about to drop. They're about to really see me. Like that's my anxiety. That's my depression. That's something that I come in. Every time that, that I meet with someone, I feel like they're going to, to say bad things about me. I feel like they're going to see what I see. One of the things that I say to some of my friends, like when they make jokes, um, I say that because they're not funny, but I like when they make jokes about me or something like there's literally nothing you can say negative about me that I don't think worse, which strange flex, but it's something that I can say. Uh, and, and so this kid, this kid has lost everything, just like LeBron with Space Jam 2. Like, he's lost everything. Lost everything. And he's feeling the love. Like, he feels that his dad loves him, and he's being hugged, and he's there. But he's also thinking, man, as soon as this is done, he's going to pull me aside, and he's going to say, get out. Like, he's just doing the party thing, and he's feeling that. And that's kind of key. Like, you're going to have times where your uh, apology is accepted or you're back home or you're made up with somebody or whatever and, and you're still going to feel like, man, this just this doesn't feel right. And so what I'm saying here is in the moment, be in the moment, like plan your life. Think about where you want to go. Think about who you want to be, but also understand and try to take people for their word. That doesn't mean that everybody's going to be honest with you. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to tell you exactly what they should tell you. But it means that if somebody really loves you, Accept that love because you are worth that love. You are enough for that love. And, and so accept that. That's something that's hard for me, but it's something that I can tell you is important. And so that's where we are here. Next part. And this is the wrap up. This is the rest of the scripture. Uh, meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of his servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told. And your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go to the father, uh, wouldn't go in. The father came out and uh, begged him, but he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat. How many times have you gone to your parents and said, I've done so much around here and you haven't even given me one goat? 
Say that to your parents tonight too. Uh, for a feast with my friends. And yet when this son of yours comes back after uh, squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We have to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead, but has now come back to life. He was lost, but now is found. So I have preached about this parable almost more than any other parable, probably more than any other parable, more than a lot of scriptures. Other people have preached about this. And most of the time we are either the prodigal son, like uh, we're doing the wrong thing or we're going the wrong way and we're trying to get back and we want people to accept our forgiveness. We want people to see us for who we are and to accept that we're changing and all of these things. Or we're the older brother who just won't accept other people. That's, for example, uh, one of the things you'll hear sometimes is that somebody who did something awful and is in prison uh, finds Christ. Like, I actually think I heard that Jeffrey Dahmer became a Christian in prison. He's a serial killer, uh, was a serial killer. Uh, I cannot tell you if that's legit. Uh, I, I, like everyone else, hear that and I'm like, ah. But, you know, it's not for us to know. I have no idea what his real relationship is. I have no idea what happened. I have no idea of any of that. But when we see that, even with people who have done less than Dahmer did, we often think, yeah, right. Maybe with politicians or with celebrities or with athletes, like they say something like, yeah, okay, I'm sure you're really a Christian. Or with your friends or with people in your school or with people that you know or with people down the street, you're like, yeah, I'm sure. Because it's natural to have that judgmental first impression. And so we can be compared to the older brother. And it's like, yeah, you've got to get past this because when somebody comes to Christ, that's awesome. It's like the lost sheep. Like when somebody is saved, that is what we're here for. Doesn't matter if you like them or not. Doesn't matter if you think they're cool or not. It doesn't matter if you get along with them or not. It matters that they're doing the right thing. Uh, most of the time, God is the father in the story because he's forgiving and he's always there. But you can hear people talk about the fact that you know, you be like the Father and forgive and welcome people back. What I'm saying, and the reason this is called infinite, we are all of these people all of the time. Uh, I don't know how many people here have watched Loki, which is a really good show. Uh, I also have a shirt with infinite Spider-Man on it, which was not an accident, uh, from that movie that I can't think of that we all went to that is with Miles Morales. Uh, Spider-Verse, Enter the Spider-Verse. I love alternate reality stuff. I do. Like, I'm in. Anytime you have an alternate reality thing, I'm in. Uh, I'm not saying that I believe in that. I'm saying that I'm in because it's awesome. I love different variations. I love different things like that. Uh, Loki was awesome. Like, I love alligator Loki, and I love, spoiler, I love all of these other things. Um, what I'm saying with this is not, like, alternate, but I'm saying at every moment you're all of these things. You have that choice. There are people who are going to say, yeah, I've got an anger problem, and so I always just have to get angry. Nothing I can do about it. Or you're going to have people that say, yeah, I'm impatient. I always have to be impatient. You're going to have people that say, yeah, you know what? That's just who I am. I just can't change it. You can always change it. We are always living our lives with this infinite option of how we respond, of who we are. You can always be the kid that makes mistakes. And you can be like, you know what? I'm just going to do what I want, and I'm going to... Forget about the consequences, and then later on, I'll ask for forgiveness. What I've told you before is that's a dangerous life. Because I have, unfortunately, done funerals for young people who thought that way. For older people that thought that way. But more than that, not even the death thing, more than that, the more you make decisions that pull you away from who you really are, 
the less you're able to see who you really are. And you get going down this path. Like this kid, he made the right choice and came back to his dad, but he very easily could have gone the other way and been like, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go be a servant for this person over here. I can't face my dad. And if he does that, then he goes farther and farther down and farther and farther down. And he never finds his way back. We always have the option of being the older brother. Of not being accepting of other people. Of not being understanding. Of not trying to love everyone. Of not trying to help everyone. Of not caring about where everyone's coming from. We always have the option of throwing away empathy. We do. You can start every argument. You can write every hateful comment. I was talking to somebody earlier. There are people like, again, the new Space Jam, I'm not going to see it. It's awful. I'm glad it's losing money. But uh, Lola Bunny was in the real Space Jam, and she's in this one, and they changed her outfit. And there are people yelling at Zendaya who did her voice in this one because she looks different. By the way, just in case you don't know, voice actors have very little control over the animation. And so you take away the creepiness of people that care so much about what the girl bunny looks like. Uh, just all they're doing is throwing out negativity and hatred. If you get on the internet, most comments are very negative. If you say something and you're excited, you're like, hey, the Bucks are one win away from the finals. There are going to be a couple people who are like, yeah, good job. Yay, Giannis. But there are going to be people who are like, yeah, they've been one win away before. Yeah, this. Like, they're going to throw out hate and shade. Because that's what people want to do. People want to tear you down. If people feel bad, they want to make other, feel bad, other people feel bad. And we have that option. You have the option of when you're in pain, making everyone else feel pain. You have that option all the time. But you also have the option of being like the Father. You have the option of being forgiven. You have the option of loving. You have the option of accepting. You have the option of being the best you. And these are always true. Like there's an infinite number of you right now. And again, not saying that this is real, but I'm saying like imagine that there are an infinite number of you in each situation. And some of you make the wrong decision and some of you make the right decision and some of you go a different way and some of you become reptiles and some of you do all these different things. But you're the one. You're the one that always carries your own decisions. And so when you choose to turn away from people, not because they're hurting you, but just because you disagree with them, because you don't like their politics, because you don't like how they look, because whatever other reason, you're choosing wrong. And you're pushing them away. Because when you read this story, how do you look at the older brother? I'm going to guess nobody here is like, man, I love the older brother character. He's so awesome. I want to get his autograph. You're thinking, what a jerk. Because we follow the kid. But how do we start in the story? You don't, you're not like, oh, that's so awesome that the kid asked his dad for all the money he's going to get when he dies. That's so classy. You're like, that kid's dumb. Like the only one that's kind of consistently were on their side is the dad. But even there, I would imagine that a lot of people that read this story or have this story read to them, when he immediately accepts it and gives him the ring and gives him the calf, they're like, he didn't even make him work for it. What's he going to learn from that? I can tell you every week how to be a better person. Your parents can tell you. Your teachers can tell you. Your friends can tell you. You can tell them. Everyone can tell you every week. But only you can make that choice consistent. Like, I can't follow you around and every time you're about to say something mean or do something dumb, just slap you in the back of the head and say, nope. For one, I'd get arrested pretty quick. For two, 
there's more of you than me and I haven't perfected cloning technology yet. But, but for three, like that's just not, that's not gonna help you because then after a certain point, you're only just not doing things because you're afraid of getting hit. That's not making a decision. But when you start to think like, okay, who do I wanna be? Like, how do I want people to remember me? How do I want to be remembered? How do I want to make an impact? Am I going to make the most impact by being stupid and short-sighted? Am I going to make the most impact by being unforgiving and, and hateful? Am I going to make the most impact by being loving and graceful? I mean, that's... Granted, I slanted those so they sounded better, but I, for real. I've said this a million times. I'll say it a million more a lot of this, and Jesus even said it summarized, a lot of this always comes down to treat other people like you would want to be treated. He didn't say, treat other people exactly how they treat you because that it's... He didn't say, when people are nice, then you treat them nice. No. In fact, he said, you know, hey, even murderers love murderers. Like, people who kill, people who sin, people who do evil things, like, they love the people that love them. That's nothing. So you have to love the people that hate you. And again, this does not mean, like if you're one of the friends of the prodigal son, it doesn't mean that you uh, pay for their whole ride. It doesn't mean that you uh, uh, give them everything they want. It doesn't mean that you let people abuse you. It doesn't mean you let people hurt you. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying everybody has to be in your life. Sometimes you have to cut people out of your life. But we do it lovingly. We let them go lovingly. And then the people that stay... We treat them better. We treat them how we'd want to be treated because we always have the option of who we are. We always have the option of how we respond. We always have that option. There are people who have horrible trauma and that's legit. And they need counseling and they go through a lot and there are probably people here who have dealt with a lot and it absolutely affects how you see things. That's real. But even with that, with help, with grace, with growing, you can learn to do better. Doesn't mean that you're not going to carry it. Doesn't mean that it's not going to hurt you still, but you can still treat others like you'd want to be treated. One of the things I've said, and one of the things I've even said tonight, kind of, uh, it is very difficult for me to feel loved. Like, I just don't feel it. Like, if people say it, I'm like, yeah, okay. Again, this isn't a challenge for everybody to say it afterwards. Please don't. It's awkward. But I don't feel that. And so I've kind of made it one of my goals to make sure other people do feel that. Like I talk about Beatrice a lot because I pour love into her. You guys, like family, other people in the church, Stevie. I try to pour that into everyone I meet. Because I don't want people to feel that pain I do. And because I know that it's the right thing. So don't get caught up in the, well, they have to earn this. They have to do that. I don't feel this, so why should they? I hurt, so why, should, why shouldn't they? I, I saw, this will be the last thing I say. Uh, not ever, but for now. Uh, I saw like this list, and it was things that, like I don't know, stupid tweets or people mean things. People say, I don't know, I just looked at it. And it was basically like somebody saying, snappy comeback, something. Somebody tweeting like, yeah, kids today have it so much easier than we had it. And like the comment, like, you know, people were like, yeah, I like that, blah, blah, blah. The comment was, isn't, isn't that the point? It, it isn't the point to help people to have it easier than you have it? And it is. 
It is. That's our point as Christians. It's not to make people pay the same price as we pay. It's to help them learn from what we do. Jesus didn't want like everybody to go up and literally get crucified. Now he said we'd be crucified in different ways. But he did that so we wouldn't have to. He showed us immense, immeasurable, perfect love so that we could then go and show that to other people. And that's what this parable says. You always have that option. So do it. And that's all I got.